It is uh, my honor and privilege to be up here before the saints this morning. I'm so excited about the opportunity to bring the word of God. Any Anytime I have an opportunity, you know, I'm grateful for all the opportunities I have outside of the church to travel to different states and to preach and whether it's ministering through music or, or, or preaching the gospel. But it's nothing like preaching in front of your own brothers and sisters, you know, your own church body, your own home, church home. And so um, before I start, uh, I, I would like to uh, just just give honor I, really quickly uh, to, to the people who definitely deserve it uh, in my life. First of all, I want to give glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's the head of my life, my way maker, my provider, my best friend. He is my everything, my everything. I definitely have to give honor to Jesus. And secondly, I would like to honor our leaders, Pastor Harold and First Lady. If y'all can, y'all can stand up really quick. Can we give can we give a hand praise for our leaders? Come on, Freedom, we can do better than that. These are our leaders. Let's go. Come on. These are our leaders. Any, any chance we get an opportunity to honor our leaders, we definitely want to make sure we take advantage of that. I also want to give honor, uh, pay honor to my parents who drove all the way to, from Dallas, Texas, to be here. Mom and Dad, if y'all can stand, if y'all can stand. And, of course, my in-laws as well, my lady and dad. Thank you, guys. Love my family. Love my mom and my dad. I appreciate you guys. Love y'all. And of course, my beautiful wife, uh, Samantha, for your love and support, for your encouragement. Thank you, baby. <laughs> no, you, you, you can stand, baby. Yes, you can stand. Yes. <laughs> I know she's shy, Pastor. I didn't want to put her on blast. But yeah, so <laughs> thank you, baby, for everything. Of course, my daughter, uh, little Olivia Joy, who uh, brings me a lot, of, a lot of joy. I really love and appreciate her. So. Ah, ah y'all, I'm so excited to preach today. My God, I'm so excited. I have a, a, a question, but before I ask that question, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, okay? Everybody bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to preach the word this morning. Father, I just ask that it's less of me and more of you, Father, that you speak your words, not my words, your will, not my will. Let it be your way, not my way, Father. And I ask that this word would resonate into the hearts of everybody that's out there today, Father. And I just thank you so much for how you're going to move in a mighty and powerful way, Father. And we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, on our behalf, Father, so that we could have reconciliation with you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise in Jesus. Holy name, I pray the name above every name. Everybody say amen. amen. So, so my question, saints, my question is, are you secure enough in your identity in Christ to hear and receive something that you may be blind to? That's a question. I want you to be thinking about that. I want you to be thinking about that. Now, quickly, scenario, if I come into this room, if I burst out from the behind the screen and I stood here and said, you got to see this, would that be something you guys are excited about? I mean, just that tone, you know, somebody come and say, you got to see this. You got to see this. We should be excited. Y'all. Yeah, we, we yeah, we will be excited. Right. Yeah. Amen. We'll be excited. We'll be excited. So today's sermon, if you're taking notes, it's called you got to see this G.O.T.T.A. G.O. Now, look, 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 hear me, saints, hear me for all y'all teachers and educators who are grammatically correct or you're the grammar police, you know, look. Yeah, hey, look, the West Texans, y'all, y'all, everybody speaks a little slur, a little slang or whatever. Our, everybody in here has once upon a time in your life has says fixing. Everybody's fixing to do. I'm, I'm fixing to go. You know, I'm fixing to fix some food or I'm fixing to go pick up my daughter. You know, it was funny. I was at the airport 
and uh, uh, getting ready to fly out to a, a concert. And, and, and I, pro I, I kid you not, y'all, I promise I heard this on the overhead. The guy came on and said, attention passengers for flight 6174, 6174, your plane is fixing to go. <laughs> so, so look, don't call me out on my G-O-T-T-A, okay? G-O-T-T-A. You got to see this. You got to see this. If, if you have your Bible, turn with me for, uh, for the first chapter, John 8 and 32. John 8 and 32. You know, I, I was excited, uh, super excited leading up until today. And then today I found myself getting anxious and fighting some anxiety. And, and I thank God for, for uh, my, one of my mentors, uh, uh, the, the man who discipled me, Pastor Randy, for praying over me. And, of course, our student leadership team for praying over me. And that, that went away. You know, one thing with anxiety always results in a form of pride. You know, it results in a form of pride. And, and I often forget that it is my job to just deliver the mail. It's not my job to discover the content of the mail and basically how it applies to you guys. I just have to be faithful in delivering it. That's my job. And so God, God reminded me of that this morning, and I'm so excited to share this message. So John 8 and 32, this is Jesus talking. And we're just going to read this little passage. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We're going to talk about vision this morning. Vision. Vision. You know, and, you know, and, and when I read that scripture, saints, what, what, what God speaks to me is this. You know, the truth. And, and, and I, I, believe, I believe Jesus wasn't talking about the Bible. The, no, don't get me wrong. Please, don't hear my heart. Hear my heart here. The Bible is 100% true. Everything in it. It's nothing in the Bible that contradicts itself. If, if, if anything, if when people d disagree with the Bible, that's because it contradicts the way they want to live. A amen? Amen. But it doesn't contradict itself. But what I believe Jesus was, 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 was speaking in this particular passage, John 8 and 32, is you, we, would know, we would know the truth and the truth will make us free, but we would know what is real. What is real. Right reality. Rea write the word reality. R-E-A-L-I-T-Y. What God spoke to me and dropped in my spirit, reality is real what real is to you, I-T-Y, real is to you. You know, a lot of times we, you know, we, we, we go through life and, you know, we just, um, you know, we kind of just, you know, floating and, and, and coasting and going through life and, and everything, you know, it, it, it feels perfect. It, it makes sense. Uh, uh, we like it. It's, it's, it's comfortable and, and it feels real to us, but it may not be real at all. It may not be real at all. And, and I'm talking about our vision, guys, our vision. Understand this, that, that, that we perceive with our eyes, but we see with our heart. We perceive with our eyes, but we see with our heart. So in saying that, we have to understand that if our heart is jealous, if it's troublesome, or, or if it's, if it's uh, greedy, or if it's prideful, or, or bitter, anything like that, that will distort our vision in the way that we see people. That will, that will distort our vision and our concepts of God. That will distort our relationships because our heart. We see with our, perceive, perceive with our eyes, but we see with our heart. Jesus said we would know what is real. Y'all ever been to the movies? Y'all been to a, a, a movie and you know that, that movie you seen, you, you went into the movie and you, you, you're, you're picking up all the emotions in, in, in the movie and it's just powerful and it's taking over. And you're like, man, this movie is so good. And you even, leaving the you even leave the movie and you're still feeling those powerful feelings because you attached to the movie during that hour and a half, two hours. You're feeling it and, and you're like, man, I'm still feeling the movie. And then you get in your car, you go home and you're like, man, that, mo that movie wasn't even real. It wasn't even real. But, un but understand this, guys, because it's a difference. It's a difference to what we perceive to be real and what is actually real. Our heart, vision, 
vision. So that's what Jesus said. We will know what is real and it will set us free. Of course, the Bible is real. We serve a God who is real and we see him. We see him every single day. He, we, we have an opportunity to encounter him every single day. If you've never seen God, you got to hear some testimonies. Some powerful testimonies, because one thing about a testimony is you have to endure a test to have a testimony. You have to endure a test. Vision. We're talking about vision today. Vision. Oh, I'm so excited to preach today. I'm, whew. God, you are good. You are good. All right. Vision is what we see, but it is also the way in which we see. Vision is the lens that interprets the events of our life, the way we view people and our, our concept of God. We're going we're gonna to talk about some, some different types of vision. And the first vision is foresight. Foresight. If, if, if Skylander, if you can bring what you have to the stage, please. Foresight. Now, when, 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 I, when I think of foresight, thank you, Skylander. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. When I think of foresight, I think of, uh, let's, I want you guys just imagine a high school student. He's a male. And uh, he, uh, he graduates from high school. He gets his diploma. He walks, out, he, he walks off the uh, high school stage, and he's, he's enlisted in the military. He hops right on the bus, and he gets shipped straight to boot camp. He gets off the bus from boot camp. They throw him straight into the barbershop, shave all his head, cut his hair off, bus cut, whatever type of cut that he get. The next morning, they wake him up super early, it caught him off guard, wake him up super early. The sergeant is spitting in his face. The sergeant breath stink, everything like that, spitting, <laughs> spitting in his face, talking about his mama, talking about his brother, his sister, his aunties, his whole family. He feels a lot of physical discomfort. You can, you can basically say he's carrying a cross right now. He, and, and, and all, this th all these things that he's going through right now, he wouldn't have put up with when he was in high school, but why is he putting up with this right now? Because his pain has a purpose because he has foresight. Now, foresight, when we're talking about foresight, understand this. Foresight is this, that we, we still see the future no matter what our physical discomfort is, no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how much pain we're going through, no matter how many push-ups or sit-ups or jumping jacks and running through water, muddy waters and climbing on the barbed wire fences, he was doing, he knows that that is preparing him for a greater destiny. That makes sense? Amen? They, and he, oh my God, it's preparing him for a greater destiny. So that is foresight. Foresight is looking through the lens of a telescope, saints. Here we go, right here. A telescope. Looking through the lens of a telescope. I see my future. God, I, I see my future. I may be going through pain. I may be going through hardships. I may be going through heartbreak, headache, but God, I see my future. Telescope. Foresight. We know that our current pain we're going through is only temporary because God is building us. God is shaping us and he's preparing us for something he has prepared for us. OK, amen. Amen. Oh, my God. Mm, you are so good. So good. Foresight. It's an element of vision that helps life make sense. It gives us the motivation that we describe pretty much with the soldiers. Saints. That's foresight. Foresight. Amen. Oh, God, you are so good. Woo, so good. All right, the next one, the next one. Here's the next note, insight, insight. Unless if you can bring the microscope, insight. You know, when we, when we think about insight, of course, the first thing that comes to mind is in, a heart. Thank you very much, Alyssa, I appreciate it. Microscope. Now we know we can see, 
you know, whatever we may put on the slide, we can see inside of our bodies. We can see our cells and bacteria or whatever we put on these slides right here. And we can see inside of us. And we're talking about the motives here, saints, the motives for insight. We're talking about our heart motives, what, what really drives us. You know, I, I think about it's, it's so easy to look at Pastor Harold. You know, it's an honor to serve under his leadership. If, if his motives, if his insight, but his motives, his vision was to be a prominent pastor in the San Angelo community, since he's already done that, since he's already achieved that, what would his motivation stem from? Why would he be motivated to continue to walk into the ministry that God has called him to if he just wanted to be a prominent pastor in San Angelo? Why? He's already achieved that. That's not his motivation. That's not his insight. That's not his motives. His motives is to see people saved, delivered, restored. There is no limit, saints. There, hear me. There is no limit amount of people that we can see saved and meet Jesus. No limit. No limit. So since there is no limit, his motivation never runs dry. Because there are people out there that, are, that don't know Jesus. There are people out there that's not saved, that's not delivered, that's not restored. So his motivation never runs dry. So his motives are pure, and, and he's pursuing the ministry that God has called him to, but he has clear insight. So we have to understand that our motives have to be pure in whatever God is calling us to do. God always gives us a vision, saints, that's bigger than ourselves. Always. Always. If the vision is really from God, it will require dependence on God. Otherwise, it's just selfish ambition wrapped in religious undertone. That's pretty much it. I mean, that, that's just the truth, y'all. Hey, we know what is real and real will set you free. Yeah, it's just real, you know. We, we have to understand this, saints. Oh, this, oh, God, you're good. The greatest gift God can give us is gradual change. We're talking about motives. The greatest one of the, God can give us a lot of great gifts. Don't get me wrong. But one of the greatest gifts is gradual change. God will hide us from our own progress so that he can prevent pride. Think about that. He will hide us from our own progress so that he can prevent us from being prideful. Woo! Oh, my God. Motives. Woo! Oh, insight. He will hide us from our own progress. One last note I want to read to you guys in this. As I thought about, saints, as I was studying, I was preparing, and the Lord was speaking to me. As I thought about how to imitate Jesus in my motives, I'm like, God, I want to I want to look more like your son, Jesus. I, I, I have to be more. I want to walk like him. I want to talk like him. I, I want to be more like Jesus. As I thought about how to imitate Jesus in my motive, I asked myself these two questions, and I hope you ask yourself these two questions as well. When making choices, insight, does this put me or others first? Y'all know, let's be honest, we, we have motives that, you know what, I can get him to come alongside me and this can boost me up. We talk about motives, y'all know why the cheerleader date the star football player in high school, right? Want to be in that popularity crowd, you know what I mean? We know why guys get with CEOs, why they hang in the CEO circles so they can be affiliated with power, you know what I mean? Or we even see that in the church, saints, you know what I'm saying? We, see, we can see that in the church, people want to get close to the pastor, you know, close to the elders, because they want to be, they think that put them in a position of power or prestige or anything like that. You know what I mean? But they got to understand, hey, we, we don't have uh, uh, any, any of that. We have, it's a responsibility. It's a responsibility. Oh, my God. Mm. Does this put me or others first? Second question, is this a choice to be more or to be nothing? Is this a choice to be more or be nothing? Saints, I got to tell you that it is not okay to be mediocre. It is not. God has called us to be more. Mediocre, medi, medi, understand this, saints. Mediocre thinking evokes mediocre results. It evokes mediocre uh, efforts, which leads to a life that's mediocre, which sucks. I mean, 
It just sucked. God called us to be more, and we just want to be mediocre. Like, just, like, mediocre. Like, that's not cool. Like, nobody want to be mediocre. I know I don't. God has called me to be more, and I want it, saints. I want it. Oh, my God. You are so good. So good. Whew. All right. And uh, let's, let's go to the next note, and we'll, and we'll get into uh, some more scriptures here shortly. Oversight. Oversight. Cass, if you can bring me the next, next prop. Oversight. Telescope, microscope, and of course, a helicopter. <laughs> you know, I thought about asking Pastor. I like Pastor. I, I thought about it. I, I, you know, I was like, maybe we could fit a helicopter in the sanctuary. You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, this is this is this is my helicopter. We're talking about oversight, saints. And and oversight. This is for the people who have this vision. They're content and okay and know what to do in seasons of their life. Now, now, and it, it could be a sucky season. Now, what I mean by this, oversight, the people that has this vision, you, they can only get this view from like a helicopter or an airplane. It's not saying that they're higher than anybody or more elite than anybody. They just understand where they are in their life in respect to where everything else is. That makes sense? That makes sense? All right. All right. So that's, that's our oversight. They understand where they are in respect to where everything is in their life. It's flying over a house with a helicopter, perspective that we can only receive from this view. You know, I think about, uh, the, the Bible talks about the sons of uh, Eskar. I think it's in uh, 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 First Chronicles when, when, when they was talking about that they understood and had the knowledge of what to do at that time and in that place. So people are blessed with this type of vision and they have great wisdom discerning the seasons of life. Perfect example, Reggie. Reggie has oversight. He understood he wasn't in a great season. I mean, he just had a rig, wrecked his truck, you know, lost a dude that he cared about. But he understood, he was like, God, okay, God, you know you won't leave or forsake me. What's the next step? Oversight. Perfect. Reggie's powerful testimony, bro. Powerful. And, then, and, and, one, and one of the, uh, and, and the next one, saints, is his sight. His sight. Richard, if you can, uh, Give me one second. Never mind, Richard. That, that's okay. We're going to wait. We're going to wait for that one. Um, it's, it's his sight. And, it, and his sight assures us that the vision we have is from God. Our vision is from God. Richard, please put the church vision. This is a vision from God, saints. This is his sight. This is, this is a vision from God that was stored on our leader's heart for our church. I want everybody to read it together, okay? We're going to read it in unison, okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. To see people saved, restored, set free, healed, equipped, and empowered for the work of the ministry for God and his kingdom. That's his sight. That's his sight. God placed it on our leader's heart as a vision for our church. That's his sight. God's sight. Oh, and that's, that should be the vision for every church, I believe. It really should. It really should. It assures us we have a vision from God. You know, it, it's, it, it made me think about, uh, uh, and I'm, Richard, I know it's not up there, but that's okay. Uh, in Exodus, when I was reading about Moses, when he went up to the mountain and, and God gave him the design for how to build the tabernacle. That's his sight. He gave Moses the blueprint, the patterns, how he wanted things, how he wanted to build, how he wanted it done. Now, Moses, no, he couldn't do it by himself, though. When God gives you a vision, you can't do it by yourself. He will bring the people alongside you to help you. 
and he will bring and they will have the gifts and the talent and the ability and the faith to be able to walk alongside you to where we can pursue his sight. Because understand this, saints, understand this. Hear me. God don't need our abilities and he don't depend on our abilities, but he will use our abilities. Amen. 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 Oh, hey, and understand. Oh, oh, God, that's Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you. That's good. Since we're saying amen, amen is a is a verbal response to what's being taught. Y'all agree? That's good. A, a verbal response to what's being taught, the truth being taught. But understand this. It's more of a life redirected to live what's being taught. A verbal response is cool, but it's more important to live what you're saying amen to. You hear me, saints? We, we have to live. Pastor, get up here and preach the truth every single Sunday. We say amen and go back out and do the same thing we've been doing before we came into church. You know, we're not saying, hey, man, you know what? I'm going to change my life and live my life redirecting to what God is saying through the man of God. We're more like we're saying, oh, hey, man, that's not for me. That sound good, though. You know, that sound good. That sound good. So his sight. And, and we have to understand this, saints, that vision, visions like this are, are they, they're just pipe dreams if you don't have a way or, or administrative plan to pursue it. To pursue it. We're going we're gonna, to uh, talk about practical implement, implementation. Richard Habeca, two and two. Habakkuk 2 and 2. All right, Miss Lisa, I'm sorry. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For this vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. Mm, it will not tarry. Mm, that is good. Mm. Implementation. You know, when we think about vision, St. God give us a vision and it's unseen, it's supernatural. But it's our job to bring that vision to life. How do we do that? That's drawing, whether that's architect, or whether that's a testimony or videos, or what we have to bring it to life. God will give us a vision, but it's our job to bring it to life. You know, you know, God would not only give us a vision, but God God gives us gifts, but it's our responsibility. If those gifts impact people or lead people to Jesus, it's our responsibility to bring those gifts to life. Amen. Amen. So we, we, it's, it's our responsibility to bring those gifts. Like we're talking about practical uh, in, implementation. Okay. Writing down the vision, articulating the vision on paper, uh, pulling the dream from your spirit and, and, and showing people. God will put people alongside us that, that will walk with us. You know, saints, it, it made me think about this. And because and, when God gives you a vision and he makes you passionate about it, it's something you're going to be passionate about. And you, you're going to you're going to love what you do. It's, it's not going to seem like a day of working in your life because you're so passionate about this vision that God has given you. You know, it's his story. Uh, a whole old bricklayer story. Y'all may have heard it. I don't know. So I'm going to tell it to you guys. So somebody's walking along the wall and it's these three guys. They're building. They're building, you know, a wall. And so he, he, he stops along the, the first guy. He said, hey, man, what are you doing? And the, and the brick, the bricklayer says, oh, what does it look like I'm doing? I'm laying bricks. I'm laying bricks. Leave me alone. What does it look like I'm doing? OK. He goes to the second guy. He said, hey, man, what, what are you doing? What does it look like? I'm building a wall. OK. OK. He goes to the third guy. And he said, hey, man, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a cathedral for God. Let me ask y'all a question. Which one of those men going to have the best quality of work? Right. Which one of those men are going to be very passionate and love what they do? The last one. Because he, he has a why. He has passion. When God gives you a vision, he'll give you a passion to pursue it. Oh, my God. He'll give you. Oh, you are so good, God. So good. We have, to, we have to understand this, saints, and, 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 and as leaders, this is something that's humble, humbling for me, especially being uh, uh, the pastor for, for the youth and being the pastor for, for college young adults. 
You know, we, we, people, we, we can't lead people. Uh, we can't, people we lead can't feel significant if we never give them significant things to accomplish. We all have some significance to accomplish, saints. We read that vision right there. That vision that God placed on Pastor's heart. And you know what? We, oh, God, you're so good. You know, if we make people, as leaders, if we make people feel like they don't measure up, we shouldn't be ashamed if they stop showing up. Y'all hear me? Y'all measure up, freedom. Y'all measure up. Y'all have something significant to do. You have a purpose. You have a, we're pursuing the same vision. You see, God gave pastor a vision. And as a youth pastor, he brought me alongside of pastor to pursue the vision. I didn't come in with a dual vision because a dual vision leads to division. And we don't want division because the enemy operates in division because we're pursuing the vision. Y'all hear me? The vision. See, my job isn't to change pastor's vision, but to help complete it. Help complete it. Mm. Oh, God. Proverbs uh, 52, I mean, sorry, 15, 22, Richard. And I'm getting, getting uh, toward the end. Whew. 15, 22. Without counsel, plans go hard. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. They are established without wise counsel. So, you know, God gives us a vision and he wants us to incorporate this vision and he wants to see us pursue it, put it into action. But first, before we do that, we need to seek wise counsel. We need to go to godly people that have wisdom, godly people who hear from God. We need to go to godly people who are spending time with God, who are intimate with God. That's going to give us some wise counsel. A lot of times, God will give us a vision or, or, or God plays some on our heart and we just go and do it and it may not be time yet. You know, because God, uh, he will anoint you or give you a vision and then he'll make you wait. He'll make you wait. Oh, we talked about it before, saints. Free to remember, these things take time. Remember, mm, yeah, these things take time. The vision must be from God himself, and he'll bring the men or women to help develop that plan that brings about the fulfillment of vision. And understand this, saints, even in the vision, we have to understand this, that we have to have faith. And God, we want to make sure that, that, that uh, uh, God will provide us. We want to make sure we know that God will provide us with a team or with people that will uh, have the faith necessary to carry out that plan that he has for us, that vision. Because we have to, <laughs> it's funny because we... We want to be mindful that some people may not have the same faith as other people. You know, we want to continue to encourage them, continue to build them up. You know, I look at it like this. If I was sitting at a bus stop and I knew the bus was like a block away, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to run and go get it. Everybody's not like that. Think about it. That, that makes sense. Everybody's not like, oh, man, y'all have to wait on the next one. You want people who are going to have shoes on and pursue that. Oh, man, it's time to go get it. We got to go get it. This is the vision. We got to go get it. We can't let it pass us by. But we're going, we have to have faith and not fear, saints. And it made me think about this. <clears throat> Richard is not up there, but that's okay. It made me think about Moses and the Israelites. When Moses sent out the 12 spies into the promised land, he sent out the 12 spies and 10 of them came back and they, you know, full of milk and honey. It's awesome. Moses, we love it. Came to Moses and the elders. Moses, we love it. It's, it's awesome. It's everything we dreamed of. Oh my goodness. It's, they brought branches or grapes and all this. It's awesome, Moses. But, but fear was on the other end of that. But they got giants. But they got this. But they got that. What was the faith? We have to understand this, saying Sometimes people would disguise their wisdom their, or their fear as wisdom. They would disguise their fear as wisdom. 
And see, that's the reason why we paralyze a lot of God's plans and visions in the church, because we think we can do it on human ability, human effort by ourselves. We can't do this. No, we can't do this. God wants to work in and through us, but we have to have faith that he is greater. The Israelites lost sight of the vision. They got scared when they came back. They were like, oh, oh, no, we're going back to Egypt. We're going back to slavery. We ain't doing none of that. Nope, no, we're not dealing with that. They forgot God led them through the wilderness. They forgot God healed them of snake bites. They forgot that God fed them with manna from heaven. They forgot all the promises of God because they lost sight of the vision. They lost. We can't lose sight of the vision, saints. We can't lose sight of the vision. It is very important that we don't lose sight of the vision. We don't want to misunderstand the roads. Joshua and Caleb was like, we can take over this land, y'all. God got this land for us. We have to have faith. But they had fear. You know, fear put that, that what if in your mind. What if we don't take over this land? What if we can't get into the promised land? They misunderstood their roads. What, what, what if we can't? What if, what if, what if? Y'all know everybody in here, y'all had that what if. Y'all had that what if. But we serve a God of life and possibilities. Why do we have what if? Amen. We don't need what else. What you fear the most will reveal where you trust God the least. What you fear the most will reveal where you trust God the least. Your finances. Hey, finances will keep a man up at night. You got a family to provide for. You got you got kids to look at. Hey, hey finances will disturb your peace. But where you fear the most, it reveals where, you, uh, God, you know, you be, I'm, I don't trust you in my finances. I'll trust you here, here, and here, but not in my finances. I got to handle that. Fear. The greatest damage from fear isn't what it keeps you from achieving, but it stops, it, it stops you from becoming who God wants you to become. Mm. And understand this, saints, and I told this to CYA, or the CYA family on Thursday. Faith, faith isn't ignoring your circumstances, your circumstances deserve a glance. Faith, we have to understand this. Our circumstances deserve a glance, but God deserves our stare. He deserves our stare. Our vision should be on him. That's focus. See, we think about focus is staring at this picture right here. Or Richard, can you let up the screen real quick? Focus isn't staring at this cross. My vision, focus, not, it's, it's not staring at the cross. Focus is this. I'm walking, and I got all type of distractions coming my way. You got family drama coming your way. You got job drama coming your way. You got all type of problems coming your way, but I refuse to be distracted by those things because I'm focused on the vision that God has for me. Understand this, saints, that you will have problems in everything in your marriage. You will have problems with your kids. You will have problems on your job. We're going to even have problems in the church. I had, I had a, um, a bus driver who used to give me a lot of wisdom when I was in junior high. He was like, CJ, you're going to have problems in all aspects of your life. He said, the only time you're going to have your problems behind you if you're a school bus driver. <laughs> I was like, that's good. Hey, parents, don't get mad at me if your kid rides the bus. They may be one of the problems, you know, so. <laughs> When, when, when difficulty, when, 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 when difficulty arise and our faith is being tested, remember two things. Remember two things and write this down. You are being watched over by God who will never leave or forsake you, like my brother Reggie said. We will never, God will never leave or forsake us. We're being watched by God. Remember these two things when you find uh, your faith being tested. Number two, you are being watched by a world that wonders where you get your strength from. Don't waste that moment, freedom family. Saints, don't waste that moment. They are watching you. They are watching you. Don't waste that moment. 
Don't waste it. You know, I, 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 speaking of vision, I want to uh, real quick talk about, let's talk about some family vision. To my youngest, let me talk to y'all really quick. You know, the Bible, and Richard, you can put up that scripture, uh, Ephesians 6, I believe. Ephesians 6 is 1, but it says it in, in Colossians 3 and 21. Uh, or Miss Lisa, I'm sorry. And uh, it says, honor your father and your mother, which is a commandment with, I'm sorry, children obey your parents. Children obey your parents. Uh, it may be, sorry, keep pushing. <laughs> children obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is a commandment with promise. Okay, let me move this while I kick this over. I kicked everything off stage. So understand this, youngins. And to any young person in here, I know some of my basketball players are in here. I'm so excited to have my guys uh, here. Understand this. God has called us to be obedience to the the children, to the teenagers, even to the CYA family. We young. We still got parents. You know, God has called us to be obedient. Obedient means to do what you're told. Do what you're told. To the youngins, it means to do what you're told. My mom used to tell me growing up as a teenager, you know, CJ, go clean your room. She knew, like, I, she wasn't going to find a spotless room. Like, I, you know, I struggled in cleaning. Like, she wasn't, I wasn't going to be washing the walls. I was going to probably toss some stuff under the bed or maybe under the rug. <laughs> you know, but, but she wasn't. She understand this, youngins, and, and to the young people in the room. My mother wasn't looking for a spotless room. She was looking for an obedient child. That's what she was looking for, an obedient child. If you can't be obedient to your parents, you can't be obedient to God. It starts right there. You have to be obedient. You have to yield because God has given all of us a will and you have to yield your will to your parents' will. It may seem unfair. It may seem like you, that they, they may don't make the right decisions or they don't understand you and all that. I understand that. But God still, his vision for you is to obey your parents. Obey your parents. That's his vision for you. But let's talk to the parents. Let's talk to the parents real quick. Richard, if we can put the other one up. I mean, Miss Lisa, I'm sorry. Keep going, Richard. Miss Lisa, if we can put the scripture up. Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child in the way, I said he or she, where he or she should go. And when they're old, they, they won't depart from it. So let, let's, let's break this down real quick, saints. Train. Train. Okay, if we think about a train, you may think a choo-choo train on a track. Or let's, let's, let's talk about some nouns and verbs for, for my hunters in the room or, or officers or, or everybody who, who, if you may carry a pistol, you can train your pistol. Train, which means point, direct. You can train your pistol points okay or you can think about this train working now oh my god oh my god we 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 think train parents train train up a child in the way he or she should go and when they're old they won't depart from him i'm talking to all the parents in here we have to understand this parents that our kids will get old enough to where they stop following our advice and follow our example They will follow our example. We have to understand that we will reproduce what we are. It don't matter what you're teaching. You will reproduce what you are. If you're lazy, you're going to reproduce lazy children. If you don't understand the point of being connected to the body, the point of serving God, of reading your word, of giving them a vision of what it's like to be a godly man, a godly woman, a godly husband, a godly wife, we can't expect for them to walk into that. We can't expect that, saints. So we have to be mindful as parents that they are watching us. They are watching. This is family vision. And we have to understand as parents, it is very vital. We pray with our kids. We show our kids what it's like to to, to have an intimate relationship with God. You know, I get parents all the time in the community, CJ, I need you to fix my son. He don't act right and he don't want to go to church when I try to take him. And I'm like, what about you, though? Are you going? 
no, I got to work, man. I got I to gotta do this. I got too much stuff on my plate. But they're watching you. I only see the, I only see the youngest once, maybe twice a week. But the foundation starts at home. They have to see the vision at home. And parents, this is the, I want to say this, this last thing for you. We have to ask ourselves the right questions. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ask ourselves the right questions. As parents and grandparents, we put a lot of energy, effort, time, blood, sweat, and tears into academics and the sports. And I'm not saying that's bad. That's great. But we put less time, effort, energy into making sure our kids are spiritually fit and mature. Train. Train. We want to point them in the right direction. They may stray, but they won't depart, though. They're going to get back on track. In the right direction, saints. Point them in the right direction. And also, it makes me think about this. The Bible calls Christ the, uh, the groom, and we're the bride. And I always think about receptions, you know, wedding receptions. You know, when, uh, uh, when the, the bride walks out, sometimes the groom is walking behind because she has a train, a train on the back of her wedding dress. He's walking behind her. Remember, our kids are walking behind us. Train. Train. Amen. And, and I want to talk about one last thing, and this is the, put it, Richard, we can put it back up there. Church vision. We have goals. We have goals to be set. Richard, I'm sorry, let, let's, let's put um, uh, uh, Philippians 3 and 14 up there really quick, then we'll go to the church vision. We have, we have goals to be set. After the plan is established, we talked about impl implementation. After the plan is established, goals must be set. The Bible says, I press on toward the goal for the prize uh, of the upward call of, of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, you are so good. In Christ Jesus, I press on toward the goal. We're pursuing this vision, saints. We're pursuing this vision. We have goals to be set. We, are, we have to understand that if we plan to fail, then we, we, if we fail to plan, then we plan to fail. We plan to fail. We have to understand that this is urgent, saints. We don't have time to waste. We have assignment, and then we have purpose. But it's time-sensitive, okay? I know we, may, I know we have a, eternal life. But we have to understand that these opportunities that God put before us with the vision, these opportunities don't last forever. So we don't have time to waste. We don't have time to spend. Okay, we got a, a vision to pursue. Put it up there, Richard. Put it up there. We have the church vision to pursue. Pastor, Pastor and I uh, uh, had a talk, but before this, before Pastor and I talked, God had given me a vision to start CYA. God giving me, when God, when God impregnates you with a vision, it's kind of like a woman carrying a baby. Now, women, I'm not saying we can get pregnant, but we can get pregnant with a vision. And we can go through three trimesters as well. You know what I'm saying? And so, oh, I, I break, I, oh, I'm, I'm not going to break that down right now. But, but look, but look, God, he impregnated me with a vision. And, and with this vision, I'm like, okay, God, I, I, I hear you. I, I know this is you. Okay. Okay. Let's get started. Okay. Let's get started. Is it time? Let's get started. So I go, I'm like, Pastor. God has, uh, you know, gave, given me a vision. I'm, I'm pregnant with a vision. And it's a vision to start a college young adult ministry because I believe these guys are going to bring the church back to its true essence. These guys are the bridge from youth to adult, okay? Because a lot of our youth, they go to college and they go uh, into the job world and they get, they get uh, all things that, that go against everything that they may have ever been taught or believed in. And CYA is an opportunity for them to stay connected, for them to have community, for them to understand that they have a place where they belong and they are valued, they have a purpose, Amen. And so I told Pastor, I'm like, Pastor, I have this vision. I have this vision. I want to start CYA. And Pastor told me this. This is how I know it was God. Pastor said that has always been a part of the vision that God has given me. And I never talked to Pastor before. I like asked him did we, when I came into the church. I didn't even ask about a college. You can ask Pastor. He's right here. 
I didn't even ask about a college young adult program or a group. But we started it and we got going, saints. Saints, I don't understand this. I want everybody, and I want everybody to take this serious. You just stay in your seats. Everybody, take a look around. Look around. Just look around. Take a look around. You can turn around. Look around. Look, 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 look at our brothers and sisters. Does anybody look the same? No. Nobody looks the same. Pastor and First Lady had a vision of a multi-ethnic church. Look at what we're becoming. But no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not it, though. Understand this. Unity is huge in business. We have to be unified. Unity don't mean that we're the same because we're not. Unity means that we're one. Oneness. Not sameness. Oneness. We are not the same, but we are one. And we have to pursue the vision together. Let's, look at the vision, saints. We want to see people saved, restored, set free, healed, equipped, and empowered for the work of the ministry for God and his kingdom. Aren't we seeing that? You gotta see this, saints. You gotta see this. And let me say these few things really quick. Once a vision is cast, it may need to be cast again several times since God's vision always surpassed human comprehension. It requires persistence on our part as leaders to make sure not only everyone catches it, but remembers it. And I'm getting ready, getting ready to close, saints. It is one thing to have vision, but without clear communication, the vision will never become reality. Until others have understood the vision well enough to articulate it themselves, they cannot be expected to pursue it with passion. We have to, we have to encourage you to read the vision, to teach the vision, to know the vision, if we're all going to pursue it with passion. Because we understand this, saints, and I say this as I get ready to close. Uh, uh, Alter Ministry, please come, uh, come, Alter Ministry team, please come forward. God did not give San Angelo to freedom. God don't give cities to churches. He don't do that. He give churches to the cities. He gave freedom to San Angelo. If we misunderstand it and think that it's our job to conquer instead of serve, then we miss the whole point of furthering God's kingdom. We miss it. It's to serve, saints. To serve. That's our vision. You gotta see this, saints. And you and I know y'all question G-O-T-T-A. Well, let's understand this. T-A. Richard, if you can lift the screen. T-A. T-A stands for total abundance, total acceleration. What's the words that's been speaking over us, but been spoken over us for the year 2018? Acceleration, abundance. We got total acceleration and abundance. We have to speak it and walk in it, saints. We have to speak it and walk in it. And also this, this is the last thing. Oh, my God, you are so good. Switch around those words. You got to see his T, his cross. You got to see his T. Jesus had a vision for us. He had a vision for us. You remember that pain that, 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 that soldier was going through, but he understood his purpose? Jesus was crucified. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was spit upon. But you know what? Everything that he went through, even praying in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was sweating blood, everything that he went through had a purpose, and he did it joyfully because he knew that that perseverance was going to count in the end because he had us in his vision. He had us in his vision. Every single one of you he had in his vision. Saints, I can't. So God, you are so good. If you can only see yourself, in terms of your true potential, see, I bet you wouldn't even recognize yourself. You wouldn't. 
So everybody stand. Please bow your heads and, 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 and close your eyes. If, if you're in here under the sound of my voice and you don't know Jesus, please don't leave out of here with an opportunity to receive him. If you don't know where you're going to spend eternal life, if you don't know, you're, 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 you're confused, you don't know God, I don't know what, I, you can't know God's vision for your life if you don't know God. You can't. But if you're in here and you're under the sound of my voice and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you would like a relationship with Jesus Christ because it's the best relationship you can ever have, the best, I ask that you just come forward and pray with one of these beautiful people waiting at the front. And this ministry team at the back as well if you need prayer. And number two, If you're confused on what God's vision is for your life and you don't know which way to go, you feel like you're walking in circles or you're confused on which direction to take and you just want clarity, you need prayer and your vision and seeing clearly, please come talk to somebody on the ministry team. Don't let pride keep you where you are. And the last thing, if you need prayer about anything, anything whatever it may be if you're depressed, fear, shame, guilt doubt, worry you're oppressed there's prayer please come to the front if you're struggling with any of those things saints you don't have to leave here the same way that you came in